It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Jets win it. Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time to begin our live at the Senior Bowl series. Our buddy Glenn Naughton from JetNation.com is down there right now. He has arrived in Mobile, picked up his credentials. There's been some news out of the Senior Bowl today, some stuff going on around the East-West Shrine game and more. So we're going to talk all about it. Practices start tomorrow. Really looking forward to hearing about what's going on down there. Glenn, how's Mobile so far? I'll tell you what, it's been fantastic. Only been in town for a couple days. The people are absolutely magnificent human beings. I've had some really nice interactions with, uh, with folks just out and about in town. And as you said, we went, grabbed our credentials today, actually saw a few, uh, a few folks from the Jet social media team and, you know, just so, you know, saw Radio Row and passed a few executives in, 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 in the hallways and just getting to and from where we were going. And it's, uh, back there tomorrow morning for the coaches' press conferences and then first practice. Glenn, let's start with the news about which players have decided they do not want to participate after initially saying they were going to be in this. We'll go player by player. Jalen Wright, the running back from Tennessee, Troy Fontanu, the offensive tackle slash guard from Washington. I say tackle slash guard because he played tackle at Washington, but most believe he will play guard in the pros. Cooper Beebe, who's a guard, but can play center and tackle from Kansas State. That was a guy that I know you were looking forward to seeing. He won't be there. Cedric Van Pran. One of the best centers in this draft, it's probably him or Jackson Powers Johnson, who is still there, but Ben Pran from Georgia will not be there. Michael Barrett, the linebacker from Michigan. Mike Sanra still from Michigan, the cornerback, also not going to be there. Jaden Hicks from Washington, the safety. Kalen Carson, the corner from Wake Forest. Josh Newton, the corner from TCU. And the guy that I had a keen interest in hearing about because I'm a Texas fan, the defensive tackle from the University of Texas, Byron Murphy. So, Glenn, talk about these guys. What might have motivated them to pull out and why generally prospects tend to leave after initially committing to being at the Senior Bowl practices and playing in the Senior Bowl game? I think in, in, in a lot of cases with these guys, what you hear when you when you listen to, to agents and insiders discuss players opting out at the last minute is that some of them they they get around and they talk to teams and teams might let them know that you know we know what we think of you we've seen enough of you on film that you, you've got a your draft position is solid and and these guys feel like if they don't have enough to gain by playing then why risk getting injured in an exhibition game that's it's a showcase game and i think if players either if they're not 100% which may be the case with some of them even if it's the smallest injury why risk making it worse before the combine or it could be a guy who again just feels like 
if I'm not going to improve my draft stock significantly by being here and participating, I'm not going to do it. And I think that's why a lot of guys back out. And a lot of these guys, you know, a guy like Cooper Beebe, who I'm a huge fan of, he has played a ton of football at a very high level. There probably wasn't much he could do this week that teams haven't seen him do. Same goes for Cedric Van Pran, Michael Barrett. Sanistro was probably the most surprising one to me, um, along with Hicks, who I really like out of Washington State. I think him and Bo Brady are probably my two favorite safeties in this class. Um, I, I expected Hicks to play, but same with Sanistrill. He's he's a, a a guy who can who's played corner, but he's done it on a very limited basis. He moved over from receiver a couple of years ago, right out of the gate. Like his, you know, early on, he showed that he could play the position, and he he made some big plays in big spots. So he's a guy that I really liked. Um, I think he'll go in the top three rounds, but I really thought because of how limited his experience was that he would have taken part in this week's um practices and games to to give teams a closer look at a guy who doesn't who may not have as much fil- as much on film as other corners who may have had you know 3 or 4 years experience at the position play like a jet play like a jet Glenn I thought it would be fun to look at some of the storylines that Dean Brugler from the Athletic has put up in his latest article in terms of what he's looking for coming out of the Senior Bowl this week. And I thought these were all very interesting storylines. The first one is Bo Nix. How much will Bo Nix's buzz grow? And as Dane Brugler asks, is it possible that Bo Nix vaults himself into the top 10? I don't think it's impossible. We've heard about J.J. McCarthy potentially being in the top 10. I still think that that's not necessarily that likely. But maybe Knicks does it because you figure the top three are probably going to be quarterbacks at this point. You're looking at Caleb Williams, number one, Drake May, number two, Jaden Daniels, number three. Knicks could be the fourth quarterback. And if he is, by the way, and he goes somewhere in that top 10 range, that helps the Jets because it either means somebody might come up for Knicks or it means that Knicks gets drafted ahead of the Jets and it drives a player that they may want down to them. So the first storyline here, Bo Nix. Do you think there's a possibility that he goes into Mobile, Alabama this week and between the practices in the game does enough to drive his stock up into the top 10? The closest parallel I can find, although he didn't drive himself into the top 10, was EJ Manuel. He took himself from a second round pick to being a first rounder, went 18th overall to the Bills because he did so well during practices and one senior bowl MVP. Is that something that could happen with Bo Nix? Well, I'll tell you what, we all, uh, it's funny. I was having a conversation with someone earlier tonight about how we all like a little bit of confirmation bias. Um, and I'm glad Brugler said that because, um, if you remember last week, Scott, when we were talking about some of these players, I said that I thought Bo Nix, after watching his late season performances, I thought he was a completely different player than what I'd watched in previous years. And he was a good player. Don't get me wrong with Auburn. I thought he was really good. Um, but coming into this year, I didn't think he was a top 10 type guy. After watching a few of his games from late in the season, looked like a completely different quarterback. And I, I said last week, I thought he could become a top 10 consideration. And then honestly, throughout the week, I thought about that and I was like, Oh, was I jumping the gun on that? Was I a little too bullish? Cause I had just watched him. And then I listened to another draft pod, the, the, the Chris Spielman, uh, the Chris Spielman one for CBS Sports, and, you know, they said Bo Nix could play himself into the first round. So I thought, you know, maybe I am being a little too getting ahead of myself because I really liked his performances. So to hear Brugler say it, it's like, good, so there's somebody else out there 
who kind of sees what I'm seeing. And not, I'm, you know, nobody's saying he's a lock to go top ten, but I just thought Bo Nix was so impressive. He does he does move well. He's a little older, but really, I don't hate that in a quarterback because maybe, you know, maybe having that little bit more maturity and that many more game reps will help him be prepared to play in the NFL a little bit quicker than he would be if he was a younger guy with a little bit less experience who maybe had a little more growing up to do. So Nix in the top ten, not a lock, but I would not – Based on watching his last few games in college, I would not say it's it's beyond the realm of possibility. Next storyline, underrated pass rushers in this group. Which one will emerge? For me, um, Brennan Jackson is a guy who I've liked for, for quite some time now. He's, you know, there's there are have been a lot of guys in recent years who who fly under the radar coming into Mobile. Uh Boye Mafe, I feel like didn't get enough credit for for being as good as he was. But Brennan Jackson out of Washington State, when I watched him there, he was just consistently making plays, whether it was pressures, whether it was getting to the quarterback, um, you know, forcing turnovers. He's just one of those those guys and his teammate Ron Stone as well, who's not in this year's class. But those two guys I felt like consistently were were playmakers on defense. And he's a guy that I keep seeing him mocked as like a round seven, you know, UDFA type. And I'm just, you know, maybe I'm way off base, but I think he's a draftable player. And I think he has a chance to open up some highs this week. Next storyline, the first defensive player playing in the senior bowl to get drafted will be who? That's a really good question. Cause I was, um, I watched a mock the other day with, uh, you know, was it, um, I believe, yeah, it was Emery Hunt and Ryan Wilson, who normally does that podcast with Chris Spielman, the, uh, with the first pick podcast. Um, and they do a great job, you know, having Spielman, a guy who was an executive for so many years. Um, they did a mock and they didn't have a, a defensive player go until the, the 10th or 11th pick, I believe. Um, now who goes, who's the first pick this year on defense? I mean, you have to think edge rusher, right? Because these are the guys that everybody loves so much. They're, they're the big money guys, but is there, oh, sorry. Is there one worth taking in, in that sort of top 10, top, top 12? I'm, I'm honestly struggling here because I've, I've been so focused on offense, but I think that a guy like Dallas Turner from Alabama is somebody that a lot of people have talked about, you know, leading up to the draft. Nate Wiggins out of Clemson is a consideration because, you know, you, you got to have corners in today's game. But a guy who, who, you know, who I'm going to, I'm going to go with. I feel like for some reason, the, the sort of the, the, the hype around him has died down. Maybe people got a little bit of fatigue from him because they thought he was going to be a top five pick last year or a top 10 pick. Jared Verse out of Florida State. Um, you know, he's finally coming out. He, of course, transferred from a small school, went to FSU and was absolutely dominant lights out from day one. Um, and there's, I've, you know, most mocks have him in the top 12, top 15. So he's a guy that I really liked last year. So I'll go with Jared Verse. We talked the other day, Glenn, about the quality wide receivers that are going to be at the Senior Bowl this year. Which one will shine the brightest? That's a really good question because it is a deep class this year. And it's, you know, it, it's one of those things that the Jets have such a need there. But I think it, it's, it's going to be a toss up. Really love Devontae Walker out of UNC, Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina. 
and Malachi Corley. Those are the guys I'll probably be watching closest. Um, but, but again, such a deep group. You, somebody like Johnny Wilson from Florida State measured in today a little over 6'6". He's been sort of advertised at 6'7". But at 6'6", he runs like a much shorter guy. Struggled with drops this year, but he's just, he, he, he represents the, 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 he has the potential to be such a matchup nightmare. Um, and Ricky Pearsall is another one out of Florida. That guy's hands are absolutely off the charts. And just a lot of guys we like, right? I mean, Jacob, Jacob Cowing, we've talked about Jordan Whittington, we, who we talked about last week. Just, just a really good deep group this year. Which small school prospects will make the most of the opportunity to have all these scouts and all the attention on them all week and then during the game on Saturday? Um, I think. There's actually two guys out of a small school. Eric Watts, a defensive lineman, defensive end from UConn, who I've watched a little bit of now. Again, UConn, the smaller schools, it's a little bit tougher to get a good look at them. They, um, you know, th- those games are hard to come by, but I think that. I think Watts has an opportunity to make some noise and his teammate, offensive lineman, Christian Haynes. Well, interior offensive lineman, Christian Haynes. If you watch him, I was able to get, you know, some, some UConn games and watch him for only a couple, but it, it didn't take long to see that the guy has a tremendous, tremendous amount of power. Um, good drive, you know, his lower half, really thick, powerful lower half. So I think that those two guys, those two teammates have an opportunity. And Ethan Driscoll's another one out of Marshall, um, to keep an eye on for Jets fans. Again, sort of watching those tackles and hoping that they can make a play. And, uh, I won't say much about Carter Bradley at the South Alabama quarterback. Only watched literally a half of him and, uh, and have more to watch, you know, over the next couple of days. We talked before about Bo Nix. Is it possible that Michael Penix outperforms him? If so, could that vault Penix to QB4 in this draft? And if not, is it possible there's a dark horse competing in Mobile this week that could eclipse both Penix and Nix? I don't think anyone in this group will pass either of those two, but could Penix past Knicks, I could see it happening. I think, you know, what we hear most people say is, uh, the biggest thing with Penix is going to be the injury history. Um, and are, are people going to be scared off from that? Because when you're talking about using a pick, you know, especially a top 10 pick on a guy with an injury history as extensive as his, it's, it's really shaky. I, I, I almost always say not to do it, you know, but there's always the exception, right? We all have our own sort of, we draw these lines like I, years ago, and I've mentioned this on my show. I obviously would have been wrong, but when I watched Hendon Hooker on film, I was like, you know what? This guy's got a lengthy injury history, and he's that good that I would roll the dice with a top 10 pick. And then he ended up getting injured a bunch, so I would have swung and missed. But he was just watching that guy cover, you know, three quarters of the field to, to get an interception from sideline to sideline. He was, he was an off the charts guy. Um, can Penix be that good at that level? I don't know, but could he pass Nick? Certainly. Um, is there anyone else in this group who could pass those two? I just don't see it. Glenn, let's talk a little bit about the East-West Shrine game. That's coming up before the Senior Bowl. That's on Thursday. Some notable prospects in that game, and also one of the Jets' coaches, their assistant offensive line coach, will be there. So he'll get a first-hand look the same way that Jeff Ulbrich is going to get a first-hand look at the prospects in the Senior Bowl. People aren't talking about the East-West Shrine game, but they should be, because especially for the Jets, they're going to need to make the most of their later-round picks and there are some guys that you might be able to pluck out of this game. Talk to me a little bit about some of your favorites and some guys 
that Jets fans should keep their eye on on Thursday. Yeah, you know, interesting players. Jabari Small, a running back out of Tennessee, shifty guy, um, you know, can cut on a dime, has enough speed to 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 break a big run. I really like him. There's um Taj Washington, of course, who I'm sure most fans are familiar with, had a had a good year at USC. And that's the thing, USC is so loaded that it's it's tough for any one guy to really break out when when you have as many receivers as they do. Malik Washington, I honestly haven't watched him this year, but I remember being really impressed with him last year. And I've seen several reports out of the East West Shrine saying that he's been really impressive this week. So again, can't attest to his play this season. Isaac Rex. He's been a really good player at BYU for a couple of years now. He's someone that I first noticed when watching Zach Wilson, um, because he was at, he was at BYU then. Really big target, um, you know. He's he's six five, six six, excellent hands, not afraid to go over the middle. So he can be a. I, I don't know how his blocking has come along. He's another one I haven't seen this year, um, but he's an interesting prospect, especially if you're looking at adding a guy on day three. Doug Nestor out of West Virginia. He's another one a couple of years ago that, you know, they had a couple guys on that line that stood out. Zach Frazier, of course, who most of us know about. Um, Nestor is another guy who's, who's not quite on Frazier's level, but he's still a, a, a quality player to keep an eye on. And I'm just pulling up their, uh, their East roster here. A guy we've talked about, Scott, Devin Leary, quarterback out of Kentucky. He's probably a day three UDFA type, um, who's, He's, he's got all the tools, but he's a guy who, I mean, if we're being honest, his college career was a little bit underwhelming based on expectations. Started out at NC State, transferred to Kentucky. Things didn't go so well there, but things didn't really go well as a whole for Kentucky. So how much of that is on him? We really don't know. Um, Deshaun Fenwick, Oregon State running back, another guy, um, explosive back, you know, shot out of a cannon, manages to make guys miss, can be a big play type guy. Jaden Sheridan, a Monmouth guy. Um, I will not sit here and pretend I've watched much of him. Anything more than a highlight reel. I saw his name today pop up on Twitter. Um, a guy who I mentioned earlier, Emery Hunt, tweeted out and said his running style. He, I think he said he looks like he's gliding. So just out of curiosity, I pulled up a, a highlight reel of him. And I'll tell you what, he was an impressive guy. You know, small school, local Monmouth. So someone, you know, if the Jets are looking in their own backyard and they want to add a back, which I think Joe Douglas has shown, he's probably a guy who might take a back every year. Um, he has taken one on every draft so far. So Sheridan's a guy. I mean, he, really, he's probably a UDFA, if we're being honest. But um, I think he might be a good player. Anthony Gould absolutely loves small guy measured in at five eight wide receiver out of Oregon State. He's he doesn't have quite the lateral movement that a guy like Tank Dell has, but I, I look at the impact Tank Dell had, and I wonder if teams look at a a receiver like Gould who can absolutely fly and say, you know what, maybe he's short, but but if we can get the ball in this guy's hands, he can be a playmaker. So he's someone worth watching. Drake Stoops, um, you know, son of Bob Stoops. A lot of people felt like he just kind of got got a, a roster spot because he, you know, because of who his father was. But I'll tell you what, as a potential slot guy, Drake Stoops, he can get open, man. He he can make some moves, quick feet, quick out of his cuts. I really like what, what you know, what I saw of him during the year at Oklahoma. And I was the same way. When I heard the name, I thought, oh, if this is Bob Stoops' kid, then this is just, they just handed this guy a roster spot. And then you watch him and you're like, you know what? No, they didn't. Um, the, the kid can play. Um, another receiver, Cornelius Johnson out of Michigan. He was a guy I really thought we'd see at the senior bowl, you know, big play guy at a big play, pro- big time program. Um, Cornelius Johnson was a really clutch guy who, who just had a knack for, for 
beating big teams, making big plays against big time teams. So I was surprised he wasn't there on the offensive line piece, which is, you know, where we're interested, obviously, as Jets fans and where they're going to have, you know, their coaching staff working. Um, Julian Pearl out of Illinois. He's a guy I noticed last year. He, he didn't have a ton of experience at tackle, but his stock was, I guess they say the, the arrow was pointing up on him last year. Um, moved really well, probably needs to get a little bit stronger, but, um, actually tweeted about him earlier today, uh, about him and his teammate Isaiah Adams on the other side, who was a guard last year and moved over to tackle this year. He'll be at the senior bowl, um, as a guy that, that, that I'll be keeping an eye on because again, having, having watched him last year and really liking what I saw, um, Carson Barnhart, not, not a, not a great player. He's actually listed as a guard. At the, at the, uh, East West Shrine game. He's somebody who played left and right tackle at Michigan. Um, and he may have played some guard too. Honestly, I only watched him at tackle. So it's possible he's got some guard in him too. But again, the Jets need to be looking at these guys with positional versatility because, or positional flexibility. Because after what we just saw this past season, you know, you, you really need as many guys who can cover as many positions as possible. Um, and a guy who I saw, get some love the other day for the work he's doing down there. Um, Katori Leviston. I, I watched him. It was actually several months ago and I was watching Cooper Beebe and Leviston just kept jumping out and he's, he's, you know, he's a big tackle. He's 337 pounds. He doesn't move like a guy who weighs 337 pounds and he, he was blowing guys up on the move. I thought he had himself a really good game. Um, or sorry, he's having himself a really good week down there. The games I watched him and he was very impressive. Um, and they also, though, they're also listing him as a guard. Um, so they may feel he's not a tackle at the pro level, which I could see. Um, he, you know, he might be a better interior guy, which either if he can play, he can play. And, um, he, he's another one worth watching. So as far as the East West Shrine game, those are the guys I've seen the most of. I'm always curious because the Shrine game, this is probably some of the more talented players we've seen them manage to pull in, um, in recent years. And so many, so often that game, there's just no scoring at all. So hopefully this year we see a couple of these guys, you know, these Anthony Gould and Deshaun Fenwick's of the world. And, you know, with Devin Leary at quarterback, maybe we see these guys, you know, make some plays and put some points on the board. Glenn, I found this interesting. Devin Leary said he met with just about every team at the Shrine Bowl, but he said he definitely felt the most interest from the Raiders, the Giants, the Saints, and the Jets. Also, Chrissy Freud reporting that at the Hula Bowl, John Reese Plumley met with the Colts, Packers, Browns, Jets, Bears, Seahawks, Eagles, Steelers, and Patriots. What this tells me is that the Jets are going to be in the market for a developmental quarterback. I don't know that they're going to use a third or fourth round pick on one. I'd be somewhat surprised if they did. But later than that, maybe in the sixth round or even trying to grab somebody as an undrafted free agent or with one of those comp picks in the seventh round, certainly a possibility. You could see a guy like Leary going at 253 or 254, one of those late seventh rounders for the Jets. It's always worth a dart throw if there's a quarterback you kind of like at the end of the draft that you don't want to risk being out there as an undrafted free agent. Brock Purdy is a perfect example of that. The Niners picked him with the last pick in the draft in 2022, and that's worked out. Now, I'm not saying that any of these guys is going to be Brock Purdy, but even if you get a guy that you think you could mold into a decent backup with a pick like that, not a bad deal. So the fact that the Jets appear to be pretty interested in Devin Leary and they're sniffing around John Reese Plumley tells me 
that they are definitely looking in that direction in terms of a quarterback to maybe build behind Aaron Rodgers. We'll see if that means an investment of any value, like a third or fourth round pick, or if it means what I said, a late round dart throw or an undrafted free agent. Yeah, Plumlee is a guy that I actually, the only reason I didn't mention him is because I, I only watched him in one game and it was several months ago. And it, it's one of those things where I thought to my, I saw his name and thought, I honestly can't remember what I liked about that guy. I just know when I saw the name that I was like, Oh, I'm going to have to watch more of him in the future because he did some things that I liked. And I just, I can't quite put my finger on it. Cause again, when you watch a million games and a million players, sometimes it's just a matter of a name and you say, okay, I know I saw him and was impressed. So glad to hear the Jets are talking to him. Um, and like I said, he, he's somebody I'll watch more of. But they, they, a, a day three quarterback has to be in the cards for them. Um, I, you know, I can't see them using an early pick because they need as many guys as possible who are going to play now, and that's where the early round picks should be going. But the, the depth chart this year should absolutely be Rogers, veteran rookie, Glenn Naughton, editor, JetNation.com, live in Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior Bowl all week. Really appreciate you coming on, Glenn. Tomorrow, the practices start. I can't wait to talk to you and review these practices because you get excited to watch these guys like nobody else I know. I enjoy this stuff, but this is what you really live for. It's your favorite thing. You're always watching tape of these guys, and so being able to see them up close is going to be a real thrill for you, and I'm looking forward to talking to you about what these guys do each day at these practices For those that want to check out what you're doing over at Jet Nation and, of course, follow your tweets as the practices are going on, how can they do that and what are they going to see? Yeah, uh, you can give me a follow at at JNRadio underscore Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, or I have an account that I try to focus on draft content only, and that's at at Jets Picks, both on Twitter. So give me a follow there. We'll have updates um, they do limit just how much you can film and send out. So those clips of live practices will be limited, but there will be lots of conversation and discussion about, the, about the practices on our podcast. I'll be coming on your show and we'll be doing, you know, some, some write-ups and articles on what we're seeing from the players down here. Make sure you check out everything Glenn's doing at jetnation.com. And of course, follow him on Twitter if you're not already at jnradio underscore Glenn. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. 